listening to a podcast by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This podcast is produced for people affected by a blood cancer. We will speak to experts about current topics such as treatments, diagnosis, and research. We will also hear personal stories from people affected by a blood cancer. Please note that this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada's podcast on chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy or CAR T-cell therapy. This podcast is part of a series to inform people affected by a blood cancer. My name is Nicole Amyot and I am the Community Communications Coordinator for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. Our goal is to connect people affected by a blood cancer to resources that inform, support, educate, and empower. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. David Schweitzer. Dr. Schweitzer is a staff physician working at Cancer Care Manitoba and the Health Sciences Center in Winnipeg. He is the director of the Manitoba Blood and Marrow Transplant Program. His clinical focus is in the area of malignant hematology and stem cell transplantation. Dr. Schweitzer has been working with various stakeholders to bring CAR-T therapy to Manitoba. Dr. Schweitzer, thank you so much for joining me today to talk a bit about CAR-T cell therapy. It's a hot topic in the blood cancer world, so we're excited to be able to share a bit of your insight with our listeners. What is CAR-T cell therapy described simply? So Nicole, um, what I'm going to, how I'm going to start is to take a slight step back. When we think about CAR-T therapy, it's first important to think about our immune system. So as humans, we all have immune systems and our immune system is our body's defense system. The immune system mounts inflammation, it will fight infections, and it will fight uh, cancers. You may have heard of cells like T cells, B cells, NK cells, or myeloid cells. And these are all cells that can help us to deal with uh, various insults to our bodies that come from outside. It's possible to harness the immune system to treat cancer. You may have heard of therapies like monoclonal antibodies, such as rituximab, or using T-cell therapies like checkpoint inhibitors or other types of therapies that are being used more commonly in cancer treatments today. Chimeric antigen receptor therapy is a type of personalized therapy where a gene is introduced into someone's own T-cells to make it activated and fight uh, a patient's own cancer using their own T-cells. Thank you. That was a really thorough explanation. What are the potential benefits of immunotherapy treatments like CAR-T over chemotherapy? So when one thinks about immunotherapy versus chemotherapy. Immunotherapies generally have a longer lasting effect in our bodies as compared to traditional chemotherapies. A lot of chemotherapies were derived from agents that were used at first as chemical warfare, such as mustard gas. And because these drugs are derived from agents like mustard gas, a lot of them can cause permanent damage to our DNA. Immunotherapy doesn't seem to have those side effects. They do have other side effects, however, and immunotherapy 
can also work in combination with chemotherapy. It's not necessarily that one is better than the other, but there are circumstances where immunotherapy would be the treatment of choice for some sorts of conditions, and chemotherapy would be the treatment of choice for other types of conditions, and sometimes a combination of both immuno and chemotherapy may give the best results for patients. Awesome. So who would be a candidate for CAR T-cell therapy? Right now in Canada, there are two commercial products that have had Health Canada approval to treat patients with a variety of blood cancers. One of the products treats adults with relapsed or non-responding aggressive lymphomas, and the other product would treat adults with aggressive uh, lymphomas that are either relapsed or non-responding, and it would also treat young people with relapsed or non-responding aggressive B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemias. CAR-T therapy is not necessarily a therapy that's appropriate for everybody because sometimes people get very unwell with this type of therapy. We have to be very careful about making sure that patients are able to tolerate this therapy before we subject them to it. If a person is receiving CAR-T, what can they expect that process to look like? So right now, in general, for patients who are receiving CAR-T therapy, the first step on their CAR-T journey is to have an assessment by healthcare team, such as the healthcare team that I work with, to make sure that they are an appropriate person to receive this therapy and that they have no reason that they shouldn't receive this therapy. Once it's determined that someone's an appropriate candidate for treatment, what we uh, arrange to do uh, is to collect people's white blood cells and a specific type of white blood cell, namely the lymphocytes. The lymphocytes once collected, are then sent to a manufacturing facility where they undergo transformation into the CAR-T therapy that we talked about before. The process of manufacturing CAR-T therapy takes about three weeks. Sometimes patients who are having their T cells undergo CAR-T transformation require therapy between the time that their cells are collected and the time that they receive their CAR-T therapy, something that we call bridging therapy. And that's something that the healthcare team would talk to a patient about if they were an appropriate candidate for that. Once the uh, manufactured product is available, patients are treated with what's called lymphodepleting chemotherapy, that special chemotherapy to try and decrease the numbers of immune cells that patients have floating around in their bodies to allow them to accept these modified T cells that were manufactured. The two drugs that are generally used for this process of removing uh, lymphocytes are a drug called fludarabine and a drug called cyclophosphamide. It's possible to administer these therapies both in the inpatient as well as in the outpatient setting, depending on what resources are available where someone's being treated for their CAR-T therapy. Following this lymphocyte depleting uh, treatment, 
Patients would then have their uh, CAR T cells infused uh, over a short period of time, usually either into peripheral access, so a regular sort of catheter that goes into one of the veins, or sometimes into a, a, a larger catheter that will go into one of the larger veins in the body, either a PIC or a central venous catheter. Following the chimeric antigen receptor T-cell infusion, patients are then watched closely. And again, this can vary from center to center, where some people are watched as inpatients and other patients are watched as outpatients. In general, most people are watched quite closely until about 28 days after they have their CAR-T infusion. And then they're usually referred back to the program that asked a program like ours to see them in the first place. What are the treatment side effects like for CAR-T cell therapy and, and how are they managed? So CAR-Ts come with some unique side effects compared to other immunotherapies or chemotherapies. People may have heard about a condition called uh, cytokine release syndrome. This is an inflammatory disorder due to a chemical soup that the CAR-Ts cause in the patient's body. Many people will have mild cytokine release syndrome, but there are people who will have quite severe cytokine release syndrome. If people become very sick with a cytokine release syndrome, sometimes they need special care in the intensive care unit. The majority of people do recover and are able to leave hospital after a cytokine release syndrome. There are a variety of medications that we use to treat cytokine release syndrome, including steroids as well as drugs that would block particular kinds of inflammatory chemicals that our bodies normally produce. Another condition that we sometimes see after CAR-T infusions is something called a neurological syndrome. The reason why people develop neurological syndrome is a little less clear than for cytokine release syndrome. The management for a neurological syndrome is similar to the type of treatment that we give for cytokine release syndrome. Some of the things that people can develop as a function of having the neurological syndrome is confusion. And in more severe cases, people can suffer from brain swelling and sometimes they can suffer from seizures. And again, depending on how serious people's neurological syndrome is, sometimes patients can be managed on a medical ward And sometimes they can get very, very sick and need a brief stay in an intensive care unit. So sometimes patients are uh, quite unwell because they have uh, different disorders, either related to the treatments they've had in the past or because they have a lot of different medical challenges. So sometimes people have challenges like problems with their heart or their lungs or their kidneys. Sometimes people have um, challenges related to their underlying disorder, like having uh, involvement of the central nervous system that would make them at much higher risk of developing complications like neurological syndrome. And between their past medical challenges and some of the challenges they have with regards to their underlying uh, cancer, it may make it very difficult to administer CAR-T therapy. So we're very careful about identifying appropriate patients uh, to receive this therapy. What does the future of CAR-T look like in Canada? 
right now, CAR-T therapy in Canada is at a very early stage. And I would argue CAR-T therapy as a field is at a very early stage of development. Our center, as well as many other centers, are in discussions about developing a network of uh, centers that could infuse CAR-T therapy on a regular basis. One of the things that we're very excited about as a center is potentially looking at uh, becoming a manufacturing center for CAR-T products. Uh, I suspect that over the next five to 10 years, there'll be many more indications for CAR-T therapy than there are today. Uh, one of the things I know that industry partners as well as academic centers are spending a lot of time thinking about is trying to decrease the toxicity of CAR-T products by looking at how we engineer those products so that many more patients would potentially uh, be able to receive CAR-T products than would be able to receive them today. I feel like you have addressed this a little bit as well, um, but what good news do you think we can expect in the next five years? Well, I think we'll have a much better idea over the next five to 10 years about who qualifies for this therapy. And one of the things that we're not clear about as a, a global cancer community is, at what point in a patient's journey are these treatments best received? Are they best received up front, or maybe later on in treatment? Are they curative or a therapy that needs to be combined with other therapies in order to provide the most benefit? And so I suspect that as information becomes more available, we'll have a much better idea about how and when to use this therapy. As well, I'm really excited about some of the possibilities of engineering products with less toxicity, uh, engineering products that are much more specific for particular individuals, and thinking about how to combine this therapy with other more conventional therapies uh, to think about how we can best harness the power of the immune system to treat cancers. I think CAR-T therapy is an exciting uh, treatment platform. We've been working hard as a program in Manitoba to position ourselves as both an infusion as well as a potential manufacturing center for these products. I think CAR-T therapy as a treatment platform provides a really interesting way to look at developing personalized medicine uh, and to treat cancers, as well as other immune types of disorders going forward. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. If you have questions about this treatment option or need support to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with the community resource specialist near you. Contact the LLSC at 1-833-222-4884. You can also visit our website at llscanada.org. There you will find fact sheets, booklets, and webcasts dedicated to learning more about your type of blood cancer. This podcast was made possible thanks to the support of Celgene, Novartis, and Kite, a Gilead company.